the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Dr. Trudy Podcast, where together we learn to choose faith over fear, contentment over chaos, where we discover what it takes to live a life of victory. Dr. Trudy Simmons has a PhD in counseling. She's a certified life coach, a television host. She's completed 12 Ironman competitions. But if you were to ask her who she is, she'd tell you she's a woman of faith, a wife, and a mother. She's an overcomer with a calling and a gift for helping others to pull through the tough stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Here again is Dr. Trudy. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View, and we are doing a one-on-one today with the beautiful, and I'm going to get your name right, Nicole, Nicole Abyssinio. Did I do it? That was pretty impressive. Wow. Right. I, I tried, you know, and I'm so thankful that you said yes. A mutual friend of ours um, introduced us a, a couple of months ago or maybe even a year ago and just said that you needed to be interviewed on The Christian View. And so I'm so excited that you said yes. So thank you. I was thankful to be asked. I'm always uh, excited to spread the word on this important subject. Yes. And we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about that subject, but I want to Give people an idea of who you are. So I'm just going to start, and then I would love for you just to chime in as you feel led, just to share who you are and what you do. So you produced and starred in the five-part series, The Advocate, which is streaming on pureflex.com. And you play a child um, protective agent who tackles cases that involve sex trafficking, mental health, and the dangers of social media. Is that yes. it? Yes. Well, and really, you know, the show had two parts because I really wanted to spread the word for the gifts of the Holy Spirit right. of, you know, she has uh, dreams and visions and discernment of spirits. And um, I do feel like we can be uh, superheroes in Christ, you know, and he gives us the ability to do that if we really tap into that and uh, yeah. follow God's leading. Yeah. So it's partially that. And then the other part was you know, trafficking is such an unbelievable epidemic that has, uh, you know, come to our nation. Yes. And I want to do everything possible to wipe it out. Right? It's, it has to go. There's, there's no excuse for it in this country. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And, and you know, go back to your, your other um, point. Um, we serve a supernatural God. And therefore, we have the Holy Spirit. And we have those gifts. And I think we don't talk about those as much as we should. You know, not from the pulpit or even I've, I've started to see some movies bring in the power of the Holy Spirit, um, but not a lot. And so it needs to be I think it needs to be talked about pretty much every day. The power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the that's the whole show. <laughs> We're basically doing it the entire time. And then even and in season two, it's going to come out even more. Right. The Holy Spirit's just going to blow through everything. And, and I love that because, you know. For a long time, you know, I'm a counselor, a life coach, and and um, a minister. People are were afraid to talk about that subject for a while. Why do you think that is? Because of the power, 
Mm-hmm. that is behind it um, and the protection and, uh, you know, the ability to fully walk in what the Lord has for us to break out of our own, you know, bondages for the the gifts of, you know, healing, casting out of demons. All of these things are very important to our walk and our ability to um, grow in holiness right? Um, and to be more Jesus-like, you know, and, and to help us on our walk, you know, through this world to to be what we're called. Mm-hmm. Amen. I, and, you know, it, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be scary. You know, it says, you know, that born again believers have the Holy Spirit living within us. And so therefore we can go and do even more than what Jesus did when he walked the earth. But just teaching people how to tap into that and and to 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 be OK with it, because, um, you know, above my son's bed, it says I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than to stand with the world and be judged by God. But so often we have it backwards. We're afraid to operate in those gifts and calling because we're afraid that the world is going to judge us and condemn us. Right. Or think that we're weird or we're, you know, we're crazy or whatever. And and there's also a boldness in it. You know, Jesus, God says how many times, at least 365 times, one for every day in the Bible, do not fear. Right. And so fear is not of God. Fear is from the enemy. And fear is, a, as we saw in, you know, in the COVID in 2020, Fear is an unbelievable motivator and it's able to block, to hold back, to stop, to, um, yeah, it's, it's a great hindrance, you know, and and we're all afraid of different things. And I think also, you know, we don't realize along the way, um, you know, sometimes the fears are are subconscious, the fear of what other people will think of us or the fear that they'll reject us or abandon us if we come out, you know, in, in who we are. Um, and also it has to do with us, you know, wanting to fit in and wanting to have community mm-hmm. and such. And we have to remember, you know, Jesus was abandoned. Yeah. You know, if it was good enough for him, it, it has to be good enough for us mm-hmm. to have that, you know, rejection and to have, you know, to, to know that that comes as part of the territory. Right. And, and scripture even says, they rejected me, so therefore they're going to reject you. Or they hated me, and so they're going to hate you. And and I think we have to get to the point that we are so, our identity is so in Christ that it doesn't matter if we look different from the world, if we're choosing Christ on a daily basis. And that's something I try to teach my clients, my family. You know, we're going to look different from the world because we're not supposed to be we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's going to make us look different and and stand out. Right. And and I think we're in such a time of persecution and obviously not in the United States, like in other countries. I mean, we still haven't even begun to experience what other countries do. We're, we're heading there. Okay. Um, but I think that that's why the Lord is pushing further right now with it is because we're going to have to stand in the evil day. We're going to have that boldness of Ephesians 6. Amen. So it's really crucial right now. So, and, and the last thing I'll mention, and this is something that's really been an important key of the show is I think particularly, and, you know, abuse happens to, to men and women, to boys and girls. But I think that girls specifically in our society or in general have from the very, uh, very young age, we were taught to, uh, give the benefit of the doubt to be, and so like, 
the Holy Spirit gives us that gut instinct is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so that kind of gets beaten out of us early. Like, Oh no, like you don't know, or you just met that person. You, and then we push it down, we push it away and it causes situations that actually end up putting us in danger. And it's danger that could have been avoided because God's trying to protect us. And that's what I'm trying to teach girls. Trust that gut. If you feel wrong about somebody, that's okay. There's a reason that you feel that way and you have to trust that and you have to move in that. That's right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your background, um, you know, regarding your faith faith journey and then in the film business, because I had no idea, Nicole, that you have done all these things in the film industry. So I can't wait for our viewers to hear that, too. But let's start. Let's start with your faith journey. Oh, goodness. Do we have enough time? <laughs> oh, God is so great. Um, yeah. Sure. It's it's a it's a long journey, but let's just jump all the way because I, I was nothing for many years um, and we can dig into why and what that was. But when I was in 2009, I was on the red carpet at a Woody Allen premiere in France at the Cannes Film Festival. And I've been working, you know, towards that moment in the film industry for so long. And I'm in this handmade gown with like walking down with all of France looking in at me. And at that moment, thinking like I finally arrived, you know, like I'm going to have everything that the world promised me and this is going to be so great. I had never felt worse. Right. I had never been more empty. I had never been less of uh, who I was. I mean, it was an out-of-body experience, truly, mm-hmm. where I realized as I was looking out that the world had lied to me mm-hmm. and that everything that they told me I needed to get to be happy was the exact opposite and that everything they were offering me was a lie. It was yeah. like a fold in the matrix. You know, I took the took the pill. Right. I just, I had to run out of there. You should, I'm literally running through France in this gown. Like I have to find a church. (laughs) Everyone was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And uh, it, it, you know, it just was a propelling from there to, you know, find a church, to be saved, to walk in, in Christ. And it was, you know, it's a journey. It's a life. Were you, when you were standing on that red carpet that day, were you already a believer? You know, I always believed in God, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't living it. I had never read the Bible. I didn't really know anything. But I always believed in God. And I actually always believed that Jesus existed. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think that God cared about me. Right. I thought he was like this far off thing in the sky, kind of like the vending machine. Like, if I'm really in an emergency, maybe he'll help me out if I beg. But maybe not. Because I had been through a lot as a child and and growing up. And I really had a self-protection mode where I felt that God would never protect me or those I cared about and that I had to protect myself and I had to protect others because he didn't really care. Right. You know, and I think, Nicole, there's a lot of people who feel that same way. So when did you have that connection that God actually did love you and he does care about you? Um. So I had two that were extremely profound. The the first one was about six months after that red carpet moment, mm-hmm. which I call my saved moment. Um, I had been going to this church that I found. It was a non-denominational Christian rock church. It was about six months in. And there was a pastor who the regular pastor didn't show up. And I, I was just listening. You know, I had committed to going every week, but I, I didn't know what was going on. And it was in that moment when he was talking about Jesus walking 
uh, to Calvary and being on the cross and that he was always depicted in a loincloth, but that actual, actually he was naked and that they had stripped him naked to shame him. Mm-hmm. And I just, that was my statement. I mean, God came upon me, the Holy Spirit, and I just poured five years of tears, literally, because I had not cried in at least five years as a New Yorker. And um, yeah, that was the moment where I was like, he loves me. Mm-hmm. He loves me. Somebody and- loves me. That's right. Which was unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. You know, was- go ahead. What's up? I said that was the first of the two. What was the second one? The second one was after that point, because the enemy came after me really hard. Like I had a week of like, hey, everybody, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. And then the enemy was like, no, we're not letting you go. You don't get to go anywhere. Like everything that had been with me was going to fight to not leave, you know. And um, so I had said, Lord, like do whatever it takes. And it was about a year to a year and a half later that um, I lost everything. They called me Joe because I had been stripped of everything I lost. Mm-hmm. My fiance, my dog died, my job. I was sick. I was dying. I was actually bedridden uh-huh. in this bed. And there was a priest who was literally pick, coming to the my beds and picking me up every day and taking me you know, to the church. And they were praying over me and fasting and you're not going to die. And it was it was in that moment where I had like jumped maybe like 10 years worth of faith during this period of time. Because right. when you're deathly ill, like first I'm reading the Bible at least four hours a day, at mm-hmm. least, you know, everything is prayer. Everything is God and really a full surrender to the fact that I had no control um, and that he had all control and, um, and also a deep, deep understanding of the value of suffering. Mm-hmm. And understanding what that suffering was for and then being able to link that through my whole life to all the horrific things that I had been through and knowing that, no, it was all for this, all for great purpose. Right. It was a big thing for me was that understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people, are, they don't understand why they're going through it. Yeah. Lord, why is this happening to me? And that's like p- people ask that question all the time. But normally for the, the pain that we go through is so that we can pull other people out. Right. We can go into the fire because we've been through the fire, go into the fire so we can pull people out. Don't you think? I I 100% agree. But what's amazing is I I truly believe that the, just like Jesus suffered, I think there's a union with him in that suffering. So Mm -hmm. we're not just doing his, you know, ministry on life or his resurrection. We're also in the passion with him and his actual suffering. And there's a closeness Mm-hmm. at that point um and he offered up his for the like the one great sacrifice but right. that we could offer up our suffering for lost souls for someone else suffering so it was even in the moments mm-hmm. of the fire that that could be given because when i was in that anything i prayed was happening anything right. i prayed like it was miracle 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 mm-hmm. because i i was in such torturous pain wow you know i heard a pastor the other day say she had gone through a lot of suffering and then she was in a just a peaceful period. And then she kind of missed the suffering because the suffering is what brought her and drew her closer to the father. You know, and she goes, I don't want to I don't want to welcome the suffering. But I she goes, sometimes I missed it because of the position that the suffering put me in. You know, I think we you know, we can take that that for granted sometimes because it, it is a, a safe place in the midst of suffering when we're linking up with Jesus. Yeah. And it, it's a full abandonment of the flesh, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, that journey to the spirit. And sometimes when you get back into the world, into like normal worldly things, you know, we start to get those attachments and anything like weighs us down from our true home and our true purpose and, and God. Yeah. Right. So that's, percent. that's beautiful. What's that? I said that I, that's beautiful. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I, do miss, I do miss it sometimes. Like the greatest suffering is is the best. It's actually a gift as horrific as that mm-hmm. as human and wanting our creature comforts. Right. It goes it goes against it goes against what the world teaches. Right. Because a lot of people think that when you become a Christian, there's not going to be suffering. There's not going to be loss. You know, it's just going to be, you know, all bells and, you know, butterflies. But with suffering, there comes a, a greater strength and a greater growth and a greater um, communion with the Holy Spirit, I think. so, And a greater purification, mm-hmm. too. Like, he's always working in it to get us out of different sin areas, pride, fear. Right. You know, it could be anything. True. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, so what inspired the TV series, The Advocate? And then we're going to talk about, you know, some of the um, inspirational stories that were involved you know, it's a calling. I mean, I didn't even realize it. I, I really came to understand it in 2019 when I was on a speaking tour. Um, I started having problems and I had always traveled by myself. But this particular year, every time I traveled, something happened to me. I almost got kidnapped. I almost got trafficked um, in another place. And then I had a problem, which I won't get into, with the with the TSA that was very terrifying. And I was like, what is going on? And my mom had been a detective my whole life. She had been in child abuse and then she was a detective. So she, I, my whole life, I think in a very specific way where I'm able to like get out of things quickly. And that was why I was saved from these situations. And the case where the car started moving in New York city, I literally jumped out of the car so quickly and slid out the window. Mm -hmm. And like, then all the police came running. And I just remember those three seconds of me jumping out of the window that quick saved my life. And I started thinking about all the people and all the girls that don't have that background, that don't have that training. And, you know, they could have been on their phone. They could have not been thinking, or they could have done the whole like benefit of the doubt. I'm sure it'll be okay. And push that down. And that was what was, I, I, you know, God was like, yes, you know, we'll do something about it. That's Mm -hmm. so that was the thing. But, um, Back in 2015, maybe five years prior to this, I was at a healing service that my friends wanted to go to. I had already had my healing, so to speak. But I said, oh, I'll go and pray for others. And when I was there, the pastor prayed over everybody at the end. And when he got to me, he laid hands on me and he took them off and he said, what do you do? And the whole church is standing around. Everyone else, he's like praying over with me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, for work. So I'm telling him the different things I do. And he said, no, it's not that. It's not that. It's it's none of those. And he was so frustrated that God wasn't showing him mm-hmm. and like the prophetic w- message. And then he said, well, let me pray over you again. And he laid hands on me and he screamed out, save the girls, save the girls. You have to save the girls. Right. And the entire church was frozen. And I had no idea at the time what it meant. But so you I you had not been walking in your that calling yet of your life. No. I mean, I was doing other things. I was, you know, making the films and doing the speaking and like it was all leading towards it though. Cause I was writing a book on breaking out of sexual sin. I was writing on, you know, 
waiting for marriage and all these different things. But it was, I, I was counseling all these people to break out of like pornography addiction. So it was all like going in this direction, but no, I had no idea that it was human trafficking. I don't even think I knew at that time that human trafficking was a thing in this country, actually. Right. And no, what year, what year was that? Was, I want to say 2015. Okay. So not, not, not too long ago, but because I think human trafficking and sex trafficking has really become on the forefront of so many um, people's ministries now, right? It, it's, it's kind of, it's getting out there. People aren't afraid to talk about it as much anymore. Would you say? Oh, no, I would not say that. I mean, I have crazy, we have unbelievable opposition to right. the making of the show to having people like originally it wasn't until people saw the show and it blew up mm-hmm. and it was extremely successful but leading up to the show like it was almost impossible and everyone was like oh nobody wants to talk about that no one wants to see that and then when they saw it we made a family-friendly show with kids and dogs and horses and like it's funny and and so we're dealing with a very serious subject matter but we did it in a G rating without showing any abuse we'll say PG because right. we have kids like 9 watching it but mm-hmm. um but that was what made the difference is a lot of the things i think really dig into the darkest parts of it as opposed to what we're doing which is the prevention and awareness of it right so i think that makes a difference and we we don't you don't need to show abuse people know what that is exactly Exactly. It's just talking about it and, and not being afraid to talk about it, you know, not being afraid to to share. Um, and so you talk about safety tips in the show. Is that right? So you give you give safety tips. Can we talk about a few of those? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's my favorite part. And each episode has them and we're going to get into so many more in season two. But for example, episode four is a social media episode. Mm-hmm. And we were working with the human trafficking units and SVU units for a year. And one of the things that kept coming up was Snapchat. Mm. So on Snapchat, there's a specific map app function that most people don't know about, even the kids, but especially the parents, which is if you have the map app on, if that's turned on, Anybody on your list can see exactly where you are down to the specific room in your house. Wow. I didn't know that. Nobody, a lot of people didn't. And so getting that word out there, all you have to do is turn it off. I mean, it's a very simple thing. Just turn it off. And and the thing is, it can be anybody. Like a stranger can get onto your list. Right. And they know where you are at any time. That, that's really, you know, that's scary because I think about social media and, you know, Facebook, if you start talking about something in a room, it starts showing up on social media. You know, it shows up if you're talking about blue shoes or, you know, anything, it starts to show up. So social media is is very, very scary, especially for the younger generation. So what other tips do you do you provide? Um, gosh, there was so many of them. Um, in another episode, we're really talking about, um, like keeping a diary. If you're not telling your parents for the kids, if you're not telling your parents everywhere you go, keep it in a private journal, keep Mm -hmm. it in a private online journal Mm -hmm. that no one would have access to, but the police could break in if they need to find you quickly. Right. 
And so that saved multiple people before mm-hmm. is like, oh, they were going to this place. They were doing that. Uh, they were talking to this person, right. those types of things. Like there's so many different safety tips that you can easily just implement in your in your daily life. And we have so many more of those, you know, like if you're getting it, don't like don't take. Why are we taking ride shares? And if you are, did you take a uh, did you did you take the license plate? And then did you send it to somebody like do they these are all very, very important things. So. Yeah. Having a voice, like there's just so many things that we touch on. Well, that's good. So my son went to prom for the first time, um, Nicole, last weekend. And I did. I took a picture of the license plate tag of the limo driver. I took a picture of the limo driver. (laughs) It was like, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to document things, you know, because and I don't want to live in fear and I don't want anyone to live in fear. But we there are things we need to do. You know, we need to be cautious. We need to make sure we're taking the the right steps, because unfortunately, we live in a fallen world and we have a um, an adversary who just wants to kill, steal and destroy. Yeah. And I you know, and that's a big thing. Like we don't operate in fear we're, you know, God says, let me reason with you. Mm-hmm. He wants us to use our intellect. He wants us to make smart decisions. You know, he doesn't want us walking out in front of a bus. We know you got to look before you cross the street. That's nothing right. to be afraid of. You're just looking and taking precautions. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. We have a few more minutes left. Um, a little bit about your experience fighting trafficking over the last couple of years. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <sighs> yeah, we're it's. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other word for it. I mean, there's just, there's so many people involved and it's more people than you could ever imagine, you know, and they're everywhere and they're always in places where you don't think they are, you know, they're in the schools, they're in the, like, they're very good at working their way into places where they would have access to vulnerable people. So don't think if you're at a church or a school or your neighborhood, your next door neighbor, you know, it's 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 very epic. And even in other countries, you know, statistically trafficking um, is from the people in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if people are aware of that. Like the other countries, the demand is because of people in the United States, right. whether on social media, whether in all in all these different ways. And um, I think that the more we talk about it, the more we wipe it out. The enemy cannot live in the light. He can only live in the darkness. So a lot of that, what you were talking about from the very beginning of like, ooh, like we don't want to talk about it because we're afraid. That's keeping it here. Absolutely. Or, you know, the lack of paying attention to it or or even thinking that you're in this little, little, like Jesus says, we're going to have trouble in this world. So he, again, he's arming us with the Holy Spirit. We're going to be safe as long as we're, you know, walking with him and everything, you know, has a purpose. But it's it's just a very... It's a very difficult journey. And, you know, our, my, our plan is, is to literally end it in Absolutely. the United States. This is a first world country. Right. Okay, why did it even get to this point? Why is, it, why is this happening? And why is anybody standing for it? If we all get together, mm-hmm. it, can, it cannot stand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we have to, we have to understand that it's, it, it, it'll, it'll affect every person, every demographic, every, every race, every financial bracket, you know, no one is immune to this. And so therefore I agree with you. It's, we have to come together as the body of Christ, not walking in fear, but boldness so that we can, you know, set the captives free. 
Right. And that's why, you know, the first thing that we were digging into was awareness and prevention, which I'm definitely poking the bear. You know, they're not traffickers are very unhappy with me because the more people that are aware and are taking precautions, then they don't have victims. They don't have people that they can get to if you're smart about it. Mm -hmm. And if you have wisdom about it and if it's talked about, you know, then they lose, then it goes down for, for their account. But there's two different types of people that we're dealing with with traffickers. There's mm-hmm. people who really are, are struggling uh, with addictions in that area that mm-hmm. are the demand. And then there's the drug dealers, mm-hmm. which are just doing it out of greed. Right. So those are two very different things. The, the greedy people need to go to jail. And we also need to pray for, for the people who really, there are people who don't want to be doing what they're doing. Right. You know, a couple of a couple. Um, I go out, I go out on the streets here in Atlanta um, quite often with the ministry, and we were out one night. We went to um, kind of like the red light district here in Atlanta, and there were some pimps and prostitutes and things like that. And one of the pimps was like, "Here, take her, get her out of here." You know, he was like not wanting to be in that situation, but it goes back to he had bills to pay, he had X, Y, and Z to do, but he was trying his best to to help this young girl get out of the situation, but that's not always the case. And so um, I think we do need to be mindful. We need to be aware. So, so what can we look for, Nicole, if we're out and we see things like what, what tips could you give us? I mean, there's all different types of trafficking as well. You know, um, there's the, the coercion um, of the prostitution, but uh, they're living in fear. I think the biggest tip for me is to understand that you're probably involved in trafficking if you're watching pornography. Right. It's good. And I think almost 80% of, of Christians are in some sort of sexual sin. Like we really need to focus on that. Like that's my tip. My tip is who, who do we need to help in the, you know, in the church to get out of whatever they're struggling and to understand that you think that person is doing that like of their free will. And a lot of them are not. Pornography is one of the hardest addictions to break, if not the hardest one to break. Um, and it does. It affects it affects so, so, so many people. I counsel people on that topic, um, men, women alike. And it's it's such a it has such a stronghold on our community. And it's such a hidden sin because people don't want to talk about it because of the shame and the guilt and the condemnation that they feel. But like you said a minute ago about the light, when it comes into the light, there's freedom. Well, and here, and here's my tip for that. Um, It's so interesting because when it does come into the light, that's when people start to see it healing. See the healing. I see that. Yeah. I see that almost all the time. It's when they are able to trust somebody and somebody not accepts the sin, but accepts the person and then works with the person along the way. It's the no one knowing and the hiding. And like you said, it's that cycle of the condemnation and such. Um, But there is, there, there is a way out. I mean, I've literally seen people being freed and that goes back to the Holy spirit giftings because deliverance is a very important piece in this. And like the sexaholics anonymous has a very low rate of success, but Christians have a high rate of success because the Holy Spirit can cast that out of going back, closing those spiritual doors. You know, these are the important things that you need to understand. And deliverance is, and I'm all for help, like getting people out of that. Because if you help one person that's struggling with that, you just saved a hundred victims. That's right. You know, and I think a lot of times we just want to like get rid of them, kill them off, you know, put them in jail. And it's like, 
okay, but let's also, but we can also free them too. Absolutely. Like God said, free the captives, they're captives as, you know, as well. And I'm not, I'm not saying in a, in a sympathetic way, it's their responsibility to get help. Right. But there are people who do want the help and sometimes they don't know where to get it. And I also recommend, I love that you um, help people and you help men with that. Cause I, I do too. And a lot of times you'll see in church circles where men are supposed to like do this with men and be in a men's group and whatever, but that's not true. I see the greater healings when they're working with women, because what happens is there's a, a, a disconnected relationship with women. And there's a, there's an unholy ability to have a friend, holy friendship, a holy connection with a woman. And once you're able to develop that, that helps you to humanize, you know, the women that you're doing with this and not do it and, and really, you know, be able to make those changes. Amen. And what I, I want to go back to one thing that you said, um, there is freedom for anybody who's watching today, right? There is freedom. We serve a God who heals and delivers and sets the captives free, right? And so let's speak a little bit into that. And then I have one more question for you. Sure. And I literally have Holy Spirit chills because I think that is like the most important thing that we're supposed to talk about today. An important thing in deliverance when you're trying to get that healing is you have to, you, you can cast out demons all day long. You can cast out the spirit of pornography. You can cast out a spirit of, you know, any kind of sexual sin. I won't get into the details of what those names of each spirit are. You know what they are, but it's going to come back. Like the Bible says, and bring friends, unless you find the key. You need right. to find the key of where that is. Now, the key can be like, what was the first time you looked at pornography? How was the first time that you, you know, you, where did the door open? Right. You right. have to close that spiritual door. Then you can cast them out and then they can't come back in. Exactly. And you, it can even be literally like a specific porn site that you keep going to. It could be, you know, something of your computer. You have to pray over your computer. Like these are actually important things. The places that you were, the people breaking the unholy soul ties mm -hmm. of the people that you connected with. It's okay if you don't remember their names. God knows their names, mm -hmm. but you have to do that and cast it out because I call them STDs. Because they're spiritually transmitted diseases. Because when you're connecting with somebody on that level, when you're connecting with them, you're catching, it's like germs. You know, right. if you may not have wanted, you may have been doing pornography, then all of a sudden you're interested in prostitution or pedophilia. And that's because that person had that on them that you connected to. When you break that tie, then you're able to cast those out. And I mean, there's, I just like really dove in deep, but these are really right. important things. No, and, and it really is. And, and and again, we should probably do another 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 um show just on that to go a little deeper because I can people watching, I don't want you to be afraid of of the healing of the deliverance or, or any of that because God, He wants to set us free. Um, but we've got to want it, and that's one thing. We've got to want to be set free because if we do, He will set us free. And the word says that when He will set us free, and when we are free, we are free indeed. And God wants freedom for all his children. Um Oh, sorry. I just add one point. And the fear is often what we were talking about before the thing that's blocking them. And I always say to people, it's not you that it's afraid. It's the enemy that's afraid that he's going to have to leave. Yeah. He's afraid of the freedom that you're going to, that you're going to have, that you're going to take hold of. And he doesn't want you to do that. He wants to keep you bound. And that is so true. My favorite verse is John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy but I, Christ, have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And the enemy knows that if he can't take our salvation, he's going to do whatever he can to keep us in bondage and in prison while and, and ineffective while on earth, you know? 
which also blocks pieces of our mission of us not being able to move freely in that because we're stuck in in that bondage. Absolutely. Well, Nicole, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? And, you know, they can see your show on Pure Flex. Is that right? Yes, please go to Pure Flix. The show is The Advocate. Um, yes, it's it's streaming. There's like, you can even get seven days free if you don't have a, um, if you're not already subscribed. So yes, please go there. You can also go to the advocatetvseries.com to reach me directly or gabrielsmessengerfilms.com as well. Absolutely. That's great. And I will put all that in the chat on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook. I'll put all that in the chat so people can get in touch with you. I would love it, Nicole, if you would close us in prayer. Do you mind? Oh, absolutely. Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you're doing and everything that you're doing, Lord, that we don't see yet, God. You know, it's only in the in the rearview mirror that we can see all the miracles that you were working all along, Lord. So whatever pain we're going through, whatever struggle that we're in this moment, Lord, just show everyone that's watching today your bigger plan, your bigger plan for our lives, your bigger plan for eternity, Lord. And I ask that you just be with each and every person in their their healing, Lord, and in that process, Lord. And I ask that you just give them absolute supernatural graces uh, to get the help that they need, Lord, or to be brave in the awareness that we need for these subjects and for uh, these safety precautions, Lord. And I ask that you just continue to keep our eyes fixed on you at all times and make us look at you and not at the problem and not at the enemy that's trying to distract us, but always on you and knowing that you are a a wonderful father that's going to uh, protect us at all times in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you guys for tuning in to the Christian view. We will um, put this all on social media and we will see you next time here on one on one with Dr. Trudy. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Trudy podcast. Learn more and get in touch with us at trudysimmons.net. That's trudysimmons.net. And help us to reach others with these encouraging messages of hope and inspiration by simply sharing them with your friends on your favorite social media platform. God bless. And thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon, right here on the Dr. Trudy podcast. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.